0: Blog Talk Radio Good evening With God's name The merciful benefactor The merciful redeemer Peace be upon you all This is your host and producer John Nasheed Blog Talk Radio program We're broadcasting from New Rochelle, New York This Thursday evening at 7 p.m., December fifteenth, And uh, we once again, we welcome you to our program, and uh, we pray that everything is well. God is blessing you and your family and guiding us on the right path, Sadatul This evening, we'd like to uh, kind of change up a little bit. We have a new topic here, and the topic is Tawheed. Tawheed, Shirk, and Taqwa. These are terms for uh, pretty familiar with uh, Muslims, but if we're not Muslim or Islamic and we don't understand the term, then Tawheed means the belief in the oneness of God and uh, all monotheist religions. uh, Monotheism means uh, oneness. It means the oneness. Judaism, Christianity, Islam You know, we all understand that You know, maybe we understand it In a different way, but nonetheless We believe that our Way of life, our religion Under our prophet Is a monotheist religion And we understand how that came about In Father Ibrahimi Searching the heavens Looking for God in the physical world And uh, Saw the sun and. Bright light of the sun, and this is not taking place just in, this, in the instant as he's talking, but over a long period of time studying these things, and to a higher degree also, not just looking at it, but studying, you know, the nature of it, the meaning of it, and then when he saw it set, and he deduced he that as God. Same thing with the moon, and also the bigger light, the sun, and then over time. He realized through his rational mind, analyzing it in a rational way, he realized it, that none of creation is God. The only thing that is worthy of being worshipped as a God or recognized as a God is what created these things. And the name we call God is Allah. <clears throat> other names for other folks, but nonetheless... That Allah is God, the one God. So this is Tawheed. Tawheed means the belief in the oneness of God. And uh, God and what God created, everything that God created. And God created everything in the universe, the human family, everything in the universe, everything created, God created that creation and it all belongs to God. So not only do we say that, well, we just believe in God, but we believe in his creation also. I recall a first scholarly brother mentioning once that Allah uh, believes in his creation, man, the creation of man and woman. He believes that eventually we're going to reach what he desired for us. And quite nasty if God creates a thing he ordains that is going to be successful. Quite nasty is going to be successful. So therefore, we should believe in ourselves also, the human creation, and uh, God is the best knower. So shirk is opposite, opposite meaning that people who don't believe in God's oneness, they believe in polytheism, uh, we call it mook shirk. is one who associates partners with God. In some cases, they may or may not believe in Allah, as I mentioned, but The ones that may recognize that there is a God, the Creator, they also uh, worship idols or illahs, as we call them, to take their worship to God. bigger human beings are not pure enough to pray direct to God, so they pray to an illah, a little God. And this is committing shirk. And there's many, 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 many different forms of shirk. But this basically is shirk. And then also the word uh, takwa. Takwa is regardfulness or God conscious. You know, this is one of the uh, highest developments in human life is when he becomes conscious that God is in existence always. It's not something that he has to think about or she has to think about. It's second nature. It's inherent in, in, the, in the heart of that individual. And he checks His actions or her actions by his taqwa, and this taqwa also means to avoid uh, anything contrary to God. That's working contrary to God. You know, when we see a wrong, we avoid that wrong. This is taqwa because we're conscious of God. So these are the three areas that we like to uh, discuss and. you know, hopefully we pray to God that some benefit could come out of this. And uh, I'm always praying and asking God in my research and my study and my reflection that I could say something to benefit someone. And uh, quite naturally, God knows best. Uh, Muslims, you know, we listen and we we learn from others. and you know, But one of the things that's more important to me is the people who are not Muslim, people who are not maybe Christian, Jew, or have no religion, or people who are lost. You know, if we could say something to enter into that individual's heart and cause them to see and in, a, in another light, you know, become a searcher for truth. You know, quite nasty, I don't think that a person should sit down and listen to any, anyone speak and then just automatically get up and, you know, say that they are of that persuasion. I think that we should become investigators. We should search it out. We should seek it out. And then we should make certain that we understand these ideas that we're talking about so we can develop that taqwa, or that God consciousness in our heart. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. So this is the mission that we're on as Muslims, as was our Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, also Esau and Moses, peace be upon them also. And this is a mission. This is a mission to invite people back to their origin, their nature. We call it your way of life, but the way of life in what we may call religion is really the way of life in our human nature. And if we find our human nature, then we have found our Deen. Because it's one and the same, and God knows best. You know, we'd like to start out with a surah, or, yeah, surah, uh, al-iklas. Al-iklas uh, is the purity of faith. Uh, the meaning, the meaning of it is al-iklas, the purity, or the purity of faith. And this is in the Holy Quran, chapter, or surah. 112, 112 in the Holy Qur'an, it states, it says, say,
1: he is
0: Allah, God, the one, the one and only. Allah, the eternal, eternal, absolute. He begets not, nor is he begotten, and there is none like unto him. And this is uh, al Iqalas. And I'm pretty certain every Muslim knows this ayat, or these ayats, or this surah, and uh, we study it. We study it over and over and over. See, because of God or Allah is giving us... Uh, in this ikhlas, the purity of God's faith, which is he the purity of His faith, and the reason we study it so hard is that we can avoid shirk. He says, "Say," and he's saying, and when He revealed the Quran, the Quran was revealed to Prophet Muhammad uh, about fourteen hundred and thirty some odd years ago, and uh, God is saying to Prophet Muhammad, "Say, say what? Quote, say?" Say to the people, tell this to the people. This is an instruction. Cool. Say, say that He is Allah, God, the One and Only. And actually, this is the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, I mean, if we want to give an explanation, this is Tawheed, plain and simple. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to go any further than that. He makes it very clear to us. He said, in the English language, in, ter- in the uh, translation, he says, say, he is Allah, the one and only. In other words, if you're looking for God, just stop that God is God. He has no partners. He has no associate. The one and only. Ahad. The one. Ahad. Ahad means the one God. <clears throat> and uh, shirk or polytheism is to associate partners with God, meaning many gods, polytheism, to worship many gods, to associate partners with God. And then, you know, when we uh, go into those kinds of areas, then we are floating with uh, becoming a kapha or, or a kapha. And mukshir is to associate partners with God. Mukshir means one who practices shirk uh Allah is eternal absolute <laughs> eternal absolute meaning that he is self uh existing independent and all depends on him it depends on nothing and, you know god doesn't depend on anything uh sometimes we say that uh we are offering God something you know 'm making this offering to god or i'm praying for God or to God. No, you're praying for yourself in reality because God needs absolutely nothing. He's eternal, absolute. He exists all by himself. Actually, no one can calculate or determine the beginning of God nor the ending of God. He is a power and a force that exists completely all by himself. And how do we worship something like that? We individual God. We can't see him. It's all based on faith. And if God the belief in God is based on faith, then the component for that faith is already in our heart. We have it. God gave it to us. He put it in us naturally. He put it in all of his creation, human creation, to bow and submit their will. Him. But he didn't force us to do it like he did the angels and other creations. He gave us free will to find it, accept it, and submit our will to do his will. And that's what we call muscle. So we have to know these things in order to submit. Sometimes we're blindly wandering on and have no no inkling in what direction we're heading in and for what purpose. No, human life is bigger than that. When we study human life, we see the components of human beings, the, the the body, the physical body, the mind, the heart, the spirit, things of that nature. And what are they there for? They're there for a purpose, for a serious pur- purpose, as a matter of fact. The mind, the intellect that Ibrahim used to search for God, and he found them by his intellect, his intelligence. Allah teaches us that the creation of the intellect is a powerful, powerful force. And uh quite right, nicely God knows best. And he says he begets not, nor is he begotten, and there is none like unto him. So uh beget to beget means the father. He begets a son, right? It means to father, like in having sex. So now, when we look in that area, or if we're looking in that area, then we're reducing God to something uh, material, some flesh and blood material creation. You know, He has a father, and uh, the father, uh, He came about as a result of a sexual relationship. He begets not, nor is he begotten, meaning that neither was he born of a mother. He came about uh, however God desired to bring his existence into existence. We can't even fathom God, uh, the knowledge of God in that area. So he tells us that he begets not, nor is he begotten. And uh, why did he put that in our Ikhlas? For what purpose? Why would he want us to know that? I mean, we say we have faith, we believe. But remember, there's other forces that are at work trying to destroy the unity of God, the oneness of God. And why? Because we know man mankind has the ability to submit his will to God or reject and go contrary to God. And maybe man wants to be God. Who knows? He wants to be the God. And he said, if there's a God in existence, if I can destroy that God or destroy the image of that God, then I can fill that role and capture the minds and the hearts and the spirit of the people. And we see it every day. And many of us faithful people have become so weak in our faith because I believe lack of knowledge that we have allowed ourselves to take on illahs. And an illah is one who takes on or associates itself with a partner. And it could be in the form of many different things. some cases, it could be in the form of a man or a woman or an object or whatever it is. Whatever we put our dependence on in relationship to God, then that is our God when we see something bigger than ourselves or we put uh uh visualize or take on a partner and we see that partner as something bigger than ourselves and quite naturally we have committed shirk sure, God knows best. Uh this ayat uh Iklos, or verse three is addressing the Bible Bible, the King James version John 3 and 16, talking about Jesus. He says, for God so loved the world that he he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And if you're a Christian or not even a Christian, you're in a Christian household, you heard that over and over and over. I heard, heard it uh, even when I became a Muslim, you know, people, you know, they use this for their purpose to show that God or Jesus is the son of God. And they when they mention it, they mention flesh. I had a very difficult time, you know, trying to understand that. Even as a young boy, I think that's the reason I never became a Christian. Actually, I didn't have any religion. You know, I had God with any religion. But I definitely didn't accept it. This is a prerequisite. You know, and I hear many Christians right now, but they, they tell you that you have to accept Jesus, not God, God the uh, Father. But you have to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And if not, then you're condemned to hell. And I've had some discussions on that, especially for us being Muslim. They know that we don't accept that, so... I guess they're looking at us it, like, well, I don't know what you're doing, but you're already condemned to hell. It's Christian. It's in their thinking. It's what they understand. So my job or my responsibility, like Prophet Muhammad and all Muslims, is to invite people to the understanding of the Quran and what God, Allah, is all about. And, you know, we don't give God the right respect when we associate partners with him. Nothing of the flesh should we worship in relationship to God. This implies that God gave birth to a son. (laughs) And you know, a human being, when we mention birth to a son, the first thing that comes in our mind is sexual, physical, sexual uh, contact with a woman. God fathered a flesh and blood son to share in his on his throne, his godhood. <clears throat> and uh, this is this is unacceptable. And not only God or Jesus, but also the Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, this is, for Muslims, this is unacceptable. So we can't imply that God has some kind of relationship with creation, that which he created. Because we said in the beginning that he's he, he, he has no association in, in that particular area He creates things He puts it into motion And everything that it creates, he creates Fulfills his role And his obligations For his pleasure And everything that God created He needs none of it None of his creation right? And all of the creation Needs God Now we don't remember anything else From this program here today was In the Quran, he said, Never will God change the condition of a people until they first change what is in their own hearts. Alhamdulillah, praise be to God. Uh, Attribute to God only what belongs to God. This is why we say that we believe in the oneness of God and everything that He created belongs to His oneness. So, in other words, when these blasphemous things or statements and these understandings and things come about that are not from God, then we don't attribute those things to God. And that's where our taqwa comes in, our God consciousness comes into place. Because we only attribute to God what belongs to God. Anything else is working contrary to God. And then, you know, we have to prepare ourselves Because shirk, that word shirk, associating partners with God. And we have to be very careful with that. Jesus is only a servant of God, which is a great thing. It's it's great to be a servant of God. You know, some translations, they mention that he is uh, Jesus or Prophet Muhammad was a, a slave of God. And, you know, for us here in America, you mentioned slave. You know, that's a a bad thing. And it is a bad thing. But for God, it's a good thing. A servant of God, a slave of God, right? And Jesus is only a slave of God. Actually, he's a messenger of God, a servant and a messenger of God, which is a great thing all by itself. I mean, just to mention that you are a messenger of God, boy, that's a beautiful thing a prophet to the children of Israel. You know, we don't believe in Islam that Jesus is the son of God. We believe that he is the son of God. My first son is S-O-N. We don't believe he's a physical son, flesh and blood son. We believe that in a metaphor, the metaphorical picture that we see in it, as the S U N, or the Sun, or the Light and Spirit of the Creator, right? He's the Son of, He's the Light of God. He's the Light that came to this world to light it up. And sometimes, you know, we use words to manipulate people uh, for their benefit. People give us a false perception of God, and that individual is trying to destroy us, right to the core i to destroy the very life in this life and also the afterlife. If you can destroy God in a human being, you have destroyed that individual thoroughly. So scripture is designed to bring that individual or bring individuals to God, not to take people away from God. And how do you bring people to God? You bring people to God with God's truth. Not your truth, not my truth, God's truth. You know, we say that uh, sometimes we try to make the effort, we make a mistake. But we ask for God's forgiveness before we start, while we're giving the message, and when we complete the message. And uh, surely God is the best knower, and surely God speaks the truth. And we ask that God accept our work, our prayers, our work, our effort that we uh, are trying to present with the purity of the heart. Jesus discovered the power of God, the presence of God in his soul, intuitively in the heart. Uh, Prophet Muhammad, Quran uh, was revealed on the heart of Prophet Muhammad. And when we read the Ikra, it's in the Quran, Ikra, uh, he says, it mentions read, Prophet Muhammad was saying to God that I can't read, I don't know how to read, and what God kept saying it. I think it was three times. And then He said, "Read in the name of God, Lord who created." But He was addressing the He was addressing this message to the heart of Prophet Muhammad. And why did He address it to the heart of Prophet Muhammad? Esau, because their hearts were pure, and having that pure heart then God knows what he put in the heart because he breathes of his spirit into the heart initially, into the soul of man. And that intuitive message coming out of the heart is the pure word of God. And it's so beautiful when we really understand it. We see that the prophets have been really blessed with this, but all of us have. It. That's the beauty of it. And when we can reach that, Part of us, the soul, the deep into the soul of our human life, then the, the message will come intuitively, right out of our heart, right through our intellect. And this is why we see how God created us naturally. He created us with a mind, and He created us with a heart, and then He connected the mind and the heart with a good thing, a vein, a juggler vein. And the heart pumps blood to the brain, and it's returned through an artery back to the heart for purification. And at that cycle, when that cycle stops, then that individual's life is over. So there's a connection here: the intuitive part, the spiritual part, and the rational intellect, the mind, and one supports the other. And this is why God gives us signs. He said that uh, I am close, closer to you in your juggle of vein. And we have to think about these things. You know, the message for a person who is not intuitive, like our dear prophets, and we have to search for this. We have to search for this information. And God gives us examples and, and uh, symbols and signs and metaphors and things of that nature for our human intellect to study. So Jesus discovered the power of God within his own self. That's, isn't that beautiful? It just sounds so beautiful. The oneness of God. Now, if he was committing shirk, or if he was a part of that shirk scheme, then never would he have received the power of God. God created man in due proportion, and he breathed into his heart of his ruh. The ruh means spirit, and it quickened him to life, brought him to life the spirit is the life of all human beings, matter of fact the spirit is the life of everything everything has a spirit that God created and it brings it to life and actually we can even see this example if we just walked around in the public going to the cities and see the people coming and going and right away you can determine the people who have the spirit of God and people who have no spirit, no spirit of God. And, uh, you know, Satan, he's very crafty and he sees the people who don't have the spirit of God and he gives it to them. And then he puts on the label of the bottle spirits, 85 proof, in a whiskey bottle or gin bottle or whatever the case, the spirits, artificial spirit. And that's also in hell and also in Uh, cocaine, and things of that nature, to give you the spirit that you don't have. But what does it look like for an imam or a minister or a rabbi or somebody, a leader of faith? What does that look What do they look like sniffing cocaine? he's, he's, He's representing the spirit of God. And he's rallying the people up. He's preaching and showing them the spirit of God, the beauty of God and religion. And, and then he goes out and snorts cocaine or shoots heroin into his veins or smokes marijuana to get a better spirit before he gives. He goes out and speaks on his topic. That's, that's just not unacceptable. And when the congregation of people witnessed this, we should immediately remove these kinds of people from in front of us and put them behind us because that means that he needs to get some spirit. And the way he gets a pure spirit is by somebody who has been inspired by the word of God. And, you know, spirit, is it catches, is catching because my spirit don't belong to you. My responsibility is to try to turn your spirit on with God's help. And uh, God is the best knower. So it's a beautiful thing. And quite see, God is always the best knower. Allah along, God introduced himself, God, to us. I said, so that sounds kind of strange. But it doesn't sound strange because we're not spooky. God introduced himself to mankind. And he introduced himself to mankind in the Holy Quran. And he introduced himself to mankind, as our creator. He didn't say that I'm your God. First of all, he said, I am your Rub, Rabbil Alamin, meaning that I am your creator. He did this before he revealed himself as one that is worthy of worship. Actually, he was showing us that he was The creator, he created man, mankind, and all life around mankind, the the universe and everything in the universe for the benefit of mankind. And then mankind can plainly see in his own intelligence that if God did all of these things, then he is worthy of my worship. But just for him to come up and say, here I am, worship me, and this is the merciful God. He can do that, and probably we would all fail. But he shows us himself as one who creates us first, and then he commands us to bow to him. That's beautiful, beautiful thing. And this this surah, I believe it's the first five ayats of 96 in the Holy Quran, called uh, Iqra. Or read, proclaim, to read, to proclaim. And I'll read it. This is this new life, man, Rahim. Read or proclaim in the name of your Lord and Cherisher, who created, created man out of a mere clot of congealed uh, uh, blood. Proclaim, and your Lord is most bountiful. He who taught man the use of the pen taught man that which he knew not. And this is Ikhra, and not ikhlas excuse me, Ikra. And this is another verse that all Muslims, Muslims who are serious about their Deen or their way of life, who pick up the Quran and very serious about it, we read this and we study it, because to proclaim, proclaim or read in the name of thy Lord and cherisher who created. See, the word Lord, in Arabic is rub. And rub means one who creates. In the, the, the Christian faith, many Christians believe that God or Jesus is your Lord. Is your Lord and Savior. Your Lord and Savior. We don't believe that. We believe that, that Lord is your creator. And not only does he create you, but he also nourishes the creation, all of the creation, not only human creation, but we're looking at it from the human perspective, <laughs> that God creates us. He says, be, and it is. But he also gives us a formula, so to speak, of how we were created because we have intellect, we have intelligence, and we're able to understand it. He shows us this. He says, in the name of thy Lord and cherish it. Cherish it means he nourishes the creation. He gives it all that it needs. Everything that we need as human beings, we have it. (laughs) Now, he doesn't come back from different periods of time and say, okay, I forgot this, and let me put this in the ingredients of Adam or the children of Adam. It's already there, everything we have. Everything in the human creation is already there. And then he watches over, he nourishes it, He nourishes that creation, and then he watches over the creation until it reaches its excellence. And when it reaches its excellence, then it's in the nature that God wants, and it performs its duty according to the way that God originally designed it to function, just like the trees and lions and tigers and water and wind. And remember, at one point, in the creation of God's creation, the universe, it was it was working against itself. It was a hostile envi- environment. You couldn't set your time by the sun or, or you couldn't chart your course by the moon and the stars and everything was just flying, everything was out of order. And now the sun had been so fine-tuned that we can create calendars and the moon and the sun, and we know the time that the sun is going to rise. We know exactly the time that the sun is going to set. That's the order that it came to. So God created it, he nourished it, and he watched over it until it reached this excellence. And now it's performing as God desired. And that's the same thing for human life. Quite naturally, we haven't reached our excellence. Actually, when you look out in the world and read the newspapers and watch television, man is just completely out of his mind at this time. But God believes in his creation. That's the beauty of this thing. He believes that his creation is going to come under the order, the universal order, and be a part of that universal order just like everything else in the creation. So, praise be to God. Later, after Surah al ikhlas was made clear, it class. <clears throat> then, in another version, called the English Standard Version, of the Bible, uh, is recorded, in John 3 and 16, the same one that says, uh, he so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. Now they mention here, is, they took, the begotten son out, and just used the word, son, he gave his only son, not begotten son, and uh, there's a big difference here, (laughs) see, because begotten is a personal connection and association, and son can mean any of us, it could mean a servant, any servant, the son of God, my sons, my children, it can mean all of us, you know, it doesn't have to be that we have a physical connection to God. He begot a son So it changed it a little bit And the reason that it was changed I believe Is because uh, Muslims started uh, Making it very clear In Al-Ikhlas From Al-Ikhlas That he begat, not nor is he begotten And this is why we should argue If you feel that your way is right We should argue with you In the best way not in a mean-spirited kind of way, because if you have what you think is right and I feel what I think is right, then we should argue those points. And quite uh, nasty, that's acceptable in Islam, law. And uh, God is the best knower. Tawheed, <coughs> the belief in the oneness of God, <coughs> it has three divisions. And the first division of Tawheed is Tawheed, Rabubiyah, belief in the God, in the oneness of God, in His Lordship. This is what we were just talking about, and in His Lordship is Creator, and uh, uh, in the Holy Quran, in the first chapter, in uh, excuse me, Al-Fatiha of the Holy Quran, it mentions Rabil Alamin. And this is Lord of all the worlds. You know, Imam Muhammad said that he is, this was his interpretation, he's Lord of all the systems of knowledge, systems of knowledge in the world. But God is the creator and he creates the world in systems, systems of knowledge. In other words, he breaks it down into systems. Now, we can look at the whole universe, but that might be a little complicated, but look at our own physical body and see how our bodies are separated into systems, not just one big glob. We have a respiratory system. We have a digestion system. We have different organs and things of that nature, and each one of those is a body of knowledge, a system of knowledge, and it's for the benefit of our intellect, (laughs) We understand things by studying systems. If we understand the system and put all of those systems together, then we can see how the creation works. So this is Rab, Rabbil al He's Lord of all the systems of knowledge, which he cherishes, sustained, the cherisher, the sustainer of all the world. And then his hand is over all of these things. So this is the first division of Tawheed, that we recognize God, first of all, as Lord or creator over everything in existence, and also Tawheed Uruhia. and this is Tawheed, the oneness of God in his godhood, now this is the only one that we give our worship to. See, once we realize who our creator is and the power of our creator, he's Lord of all the systems of knowledge, the creator of all the systems of knowledge. And then when we see how these systems work, like Ibrahim or Abraham when he was looking into the heavens and he saw these great lights and he saw them set behind the horizon, and then he realized that there was a power and a force behind this great power that he was looking out and recognizing it as God, and then he bowed down. He had to bow down. You know, primitive man, same thing. He didn't understand prayers and all of these things, but he was very submissive when he saw the power of God at work. It was just something in his nature, something in the nature of human man. Tawheed Uluhea, belief in the... In in the oneness of God Or oneness of God in his Godhood That he is the only one That is worthy of worship The one we give our total worship to We call him Allah 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 is God Uh, Moses said This is a a hadith uh, It's in a hadith I believe But anyways Moses said Oh my rock Teach me something uh, through which I can remember you and supplicate to you. He said, Allah said, say, O Moses, la ilaha illallah. Uh, And then Moses responded by saying, well, you know, everybody says that. There's no God but God. So, yeah, everybody says that. I guess he was was taking his light. In other words, and then Allah says, O Moses, if the seven heavens and all they contain, and all they contain are other than me, and the seven earths as well, were, we're all put on one side of a scale, and La ilaha illallah put on the other side, the latter would outweigh them. La ilaha illallah would outweigh everything in the creation, everything in the heavens and everything on earth. (laughs) Seven. And he said the seven earths as well and seven earths as well. If seven heavens and seven earths as well was put on the scale, (inaudible) la ilaha illallah would outweigh them all. So that's the power. That's how heavy it is. No illallah. No God, but God, and uh, God knows best. So the believer, we have to be patient and we have to trust God because God is the best knower. You know, we make our efforts to do the best that we can in representing uh, the religion of Al Islam. The Christians do the same, the Jews and uh Muslims, we all we all do the same. We try to do the best we can. Uh, and we know that Jesus, um, Allah or oh God, came to Moses at a particular, a particular time, and he gave him the revelation. We believe, as Muslims, that what he gave to Moses was no different than what he gave to Jesus, what Jesus had, and what Prophet Muhammad had. We believe that it all was Islam, Islam meaning submission, Al-Islam, the submission to, to God. We believe that. We believe that everything was submission to God. Peace. Once we submit to God, then quite nicely we receive peace. So what he brought to, to Moses, to Jesus, to Prophet Muhammad, was one in the same. And then people came along later and they started bringing their versions into the picture. And then quite nicely things got off of the course. Uh we can look on, in the library, we can go online, we can just look at all of the different churches that are in existence, synagogues, and even in some cases with, well, one thing I can say about Muslim, <coughs> we might have some difference in some understanding, but we only have one mosque, we only have one Holy Quran, the same Holy Quran that Prophet Muhammad in his uh, Arabic texts, you know, it hasn't been distorted. You know, but there's so many different versions of things. You know, but when we go right back to the source, never mind religion and this argument here that we're speaking right now, not argument but discussion, is put religion on the side and come to faith. And once we come to faith, then we all believe in the same thing, God, because there's only one God and only one line of prophets and one line of revelation. And if the Bible and the Torah had support in from its original text, then we could compare that with the Quran and it would be almost identical. I was reading some information in the Christian book just today, I was so inspired, I had to call my son. He he had he's reading the same book. And and we were saying that the the, the Christian the message put in the right light in the Quran is the same. Same message, same message. Jesus and we recall the hadith of Prophet Muhammad where he mentioned that there'll come a time when you see Christ Jesus and him, Prophet Muhammad, as one. One in their work, right? Not in their person. You know, we can't be to a point where we just become uh materialized and see the message in a literal sense. Now we're talking about the message, the work of by Christ Jesus and Prophet Muhammad, as one work, and God knows best. Worship or ibadah is every good action and deed that we perform in our in our human nature, acting in our human nature, acting within our origin. Every good action, everything that we do in our when we're uh, uh, conscious of our human self, you know you can't give credit for better when you're doing something out of your human self, you know. But if you're in your human self, then quite naturally everything you do is worship. This is why we say Bismillah, with God's name, so we can become conscious of God before we give charity, conscious of God before we eat our food. Conscious of God, even before we have sex with our partner, bismillah, with God's name, so we can keep it in its human context. Because remember that Satan will always slip into the picture and take you out of your human context. This is the nature of Satan. He's not doing anything wrong. If you go for that, that's your business, because he's always going to be trying to take us out of uh, human origin, <clears throat> salat is worship. Uh, du'a is supplication or prayer. More Muhammad, of, uh, you know, he says, "Study his language, language, or what is the language? What did he mean by the language? Study my language. There's a lot of language, and uh, his, his language is the kind of language that." Is, is, is competing with the language of this world, <clears throat> the language that causes us to go into a liquor store or causes us to go into a dope house or causes us to go and sneak into a neighbor's house and comfort his wife. This, that's one form of language, but the language of Imam Barati Muhammad is a language to compete with that. And uh Imam the Muhammad gave us a clear understanding on Salat. Salat is worship. It's worship is ibadah And we stand before God and we make our Salat. But our dua is not formal. Dua is prayer. It's not formal. We can pray sitting and riding and running and wherever, laying down. We make this supplication and we ask God to forgive us our sins and ask God to give us a better life. Well, our, our salat is for worship, but there is a dua in our salat. And in that dua, we say, show us the straight way. Actually, that's what every human being on this planet Earth truly wants. This is why many of them commit sin, sin against themselves, and sin against their fellow man, because really they're looking for a straight path. They don't know what it is at that particular time, but nonetheless they're looking for peace in their soul and Once a person say they are Muslims who submit his will to do God's will, he's looking for peace that's all that's all we want we want it. once we get a taste of peace we will we'll be very happy and God will nourish us too. Don't think we just have peace without no money <laughs> no God will provide for provide us with. Uh, resources with riches and things that we need to make that life happy and peaceful and quite nicely God knows best. Salat is a ritual which prepares you to keep your conscience, to keep you conscious of your obligation to Allah which prepares you to keep you conscious of your obligation to Allah. Worship. Now, actually, the whole life of a human being is worship. From the, In our whole, in our conscious life, our conscious life, the time we wake up in the morning to the time we go to sleep. When we go to sleep at night, we're in a state of death, darkness, but when we wake up, we're back in a conscious state and that's worship. We should get up, praise God and take care of our business, purify our bodies, nourish our bodies with food, and go out and work for our living. Work for a living. Don't accept hand. The hand that gives is better than the hand that receives. And And the dignity and respect that we acquire just from working and holding a job and taking care of our children and things like that, all of that is worship. We're worshiping God, right? Everything that we do that is good natural human beings do is worship and we ask God, show us the straight way just show us the straight way, that's all we need and then once he put us on the course, then we have to go with our action because some of us believe that I heard it too many times and uh, you know, I think we flirting with shirk when we make these kind of statements well, I just leave it to God I hear that, He hear it too much And, you know, we heard Christian people say that, you know, because maybe that's how they believe things. But Muslim, that's not in Islam. Islam is that we put our trust in God and start moving forward and know that God is with us as we move. I'll just leave it to God. And then we just sit back and we do nothing. No, when we say or get into a problem, we ask God in our dua, in our prayer, God, show me the right way. And then we get up and start moving according to the way that God provides for us. And uh, when we run into an obstacle, then God will give us another way. And he keeps giving it to us. And he's teaching us in many, many lessons by the hard difficulties that we go through to reach our goal. Because really, uh, to be truthful, there's no end to a goal. It's just... uh, There's no end to a a journey or mission that the human being is on. There is no end. It's eternal. But God sometimes allows us to go through hard trials because hard trials are necessary to establish truth. God knows best. God and his prophet, Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, knows best. Your best worship is to live your life in your original human nature. That's the best worship that we can perform. You know, the best worship is to live your human life. Dean Alfitra Fitra is the religion that we attest to follow. Dean. Dean is the natural way of life. That's your religion, your natural way of life. Allah said that he made your religion easy for you. Your na- your nature is your nature in the natural world. And this is how we glorify God. <laughs> we be upright in our posture, in our salat. We start out in p.m. being upright. And then we bow, bow and become humble. That's a ruku position. And then we submit to God by putting our head on the ground, prostration, saying, glory to God, most high. And these three forms that we perform in our salat, worship, our, our uh, traditional worship, is the three forms that we also must uphold in our life. The life, the human life, the life that we live every day. The best worship is live your life in the original human nature and if we can do that then quite nicely we have already been blessed and God is the best knower. So we have some more material here but we're going to have to stop but I believe this is going to be a three part uh, topic that we're going to be addressing and it's uh, what is it? It's Tawheed, belief in the oneness of God, shirk or uh, polytheism, and Taqwa, which is God conscious, consciousness, would be God conscious. So we'll start again next next week. We'll start on this topic, part two, and uh, we're going to cut it off here because I didn't realize that time was running away from us so fast. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But nonetheless, I enjoy what I do, so I guess it comes easy and time just floats away. So we thank you for being with us this evening, and may God bless you. And we have some other interesting articles on our archives. Uh, You can tune into that and and check us out and just let us know what you feel. So may God bless you all, and we hope to see you uh, next week on Thursday at 7 p.m., God willing. Peace.